You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Hey, everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Late night anger management class continues. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Abrezzi. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between throwing it down. We're breaking it down, talking football. Yeah, we're going to start to pick up uh, the basketball talk on the program, but basketball is just pissing me off, man. <laughs> right? Basketball is pissing me off. You know, it's like one of these deals where I'm watching a game and it's like, please don't do this. Please don't do this, right? I'm watching Malcolm Brogdon tonight. The game's tied. I'm like, why do I know? Like, they're not going to stop him, are they? No, no. They just let him walk right in, lay it in with 1.7 seconds left. Three Pelicans stood there like actual Pelicans. Like actual Pelicans would have played better defense than the Pelicans did. All right? Um, but nevertheless, George Kurtz is going to step up and in. We're going to get uh, we're going to get into the football. Uh, we're going to talk college football a little bit later on too. We got the college football championship game. Um, I'm interested in this. And how the hell do we not bet the over of that game? It's going to be a shootout. It's going to be a track meet. Two great offenses. Uh, Justin Fields hype is growing uh, right now. NFL playoffs, a lot of question marks uh, about every team. Uh, Cole Beasley, listen, the Buffalo Bills offense has been killing it even without uh, Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley is like day-to-day, day day, week-by-week. I don't know if they're going to play him. They signed Kenny Stills in case the Bills are like not playing around. They're they're loaded. They're stacked. Uh, they got a great thing going right now. I don't know if they're going to push Cole Beasley in here. A bigger uh, concern, obviously, is Jared Goff. Uh, Jared Goff and the Los Angeles Rams. Yet, I think we're all under the assumption that Jared Goff is going to play. Uh, you might not like Jared Goff. You might think that Jared Goff is mediocre, uh, but you can't tough. You can't question Jared Goff's toughness. And you know, Jared Goff played through a dislocated thumb. You know, no splint, no nothing. He just he snapped it back and played through it. And we heard Dr. Chow say not a lot of dudes would have done that and could do that. And we also heard there were reports that Jared Goff was throwing the football the other day before the game, and he looked good, right? So I would expect Jared Goff's going to play. They need Cooper Cup, though. Like, is Seattle are no joke, but Seattle have injury problems. And Jamal Adams means everything to that defense. And if Jamal Adams is out, they've got problems. we got Tampa Bay and Washington. Hard to believe, but there's one quarterback playing this uh, weekend that's 0-7 against the spread in the last seven primetime affairs, and his name is Tom Brady. George Kurtz, a big Tom Brady fan. He's going to step up and in and join us next. Bring it. We are the first 24-hour network giving you the most extensive fantasy sports and odds coverage of all major sports. Get on the grid. This 
is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sports Grid is available on the radio, internet, TV, satellite, and don't forget our mobile app. So if you're not getting it, you're just not trying. Keep it right here. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Honey, I've got some bad news for you. Uh, now, Marge, I'm waiting for the new XFL season. Who will win this year's million-dollar game? Who? Who? Honey. The X is for extreme. There is no XFL this year. The league folded. Wish it? Who told you? Last year's MVP. He sweeps up toenails at the beauty parlor. Late night anger management class continues. I'm Renzi. We're kicking it. We got Tim Mays going to join us a little bit later on. We'll talk to us some college football. Let's bring in uh, George Kurtz uh, right now. A lot of stuff to get to uh, with Kurtz. But let me ask you, Kurtz, because people in our chat are debating um, the the importance or the relevance of the World Junior Hockey Championships. And you are a very big hockey fan. In fact, hockey is one of your favorite sports. You love hockey. If you watch NHL hockey, you know every NHL stat from every player and every team in the league. Um, And you know, you know, draft, you know, you know prospects coming into the league uh, as well. But what's your, uh, what's your interest or your, do you watch the World Junior Championships at all? I mean, do I watch? Sure, but I'm not paying attention. It's not like an NFL game or a, you know a Yankee game or an Island game for that matter. But it's on, and I do like to have it on in the background. But I'm, if you know, if Team USA loses, I don't. Okay, that's fine. They lost. You know, I'm not. I don't feel upset about it or anything like that. So I don't have the uh, the deep rooting interest as I would of another sport. Yeah, so that's a good way to put it. Yeah, you know, from a sport perspective, you'll watch it because it's a hockey game, but. You're not all getting all patriotic about the World Junior Hockey Championships. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I guess, like I said, I, do I want Team USA to win? Sure. I want American. Go the uh, go USA. After that, it would be Team Canada. Yay. Why? Because, hey, maybe some of those players are going to end up playing for the Islanders one day. You know, that sort of reason there. But other, if I am going to pay more attention, I want, I want to be entertained. I want to see a good game. That's really what I'm looking forward to is just seeing a good game like any other game I would watch. I mean, some of the Canadians, I'd have to say, how many of the New York Islanders actually are? 
uh, Canadian. 70%? (laughs) Uh, Let's see here. Let's see here. Uh, Josh Bailey, Bowmanville, Ontario. Uh, All right, we've got uh, Matthew Barzell from Coquitlam, British Columbia. Uh, Beauvalier is from Sorel Tracy, Quebec, which is outside of Montreal. Um, yeah, Syskis at Toronto, Welland, Ontario, Woodbridge, Ontario, Montreal, Regina, Joliet. Like, the Islanders might as well be Team Canada. <laughs> like, I'm looking at the <laughs> roster. I'm, no, I'm dead serious. Like, I don't know if there's more Canadian team than this team, actually. The St. Louis Blues are actually the biggest Canadian team in the NHL. And they won the cup. And Canadians like to hang their hat on that. <laughs> like, no Canadian team can win the cup, but a bunch of Canadians on the Blues uh, won the cup. But I'm looking at the, the roster of the, uh, of the Islanders. It's all, it's all Canada with America. Fairport, you know, and Minnesota, New York, Massachusetts, Detroit, Michigan. They're, it's basically, and you know the roster. I'm looking at it right now. It's all Canadians with Americans. A few, it's like five Americans, and the rest pretty much everyone else is Canadian. Yeah, the goalies are Russian, right? Uh, Varlamov and Sorokin, which will uh, probably tell you where the Islanders going to go. It'd be nice if they could sign Barzal, wouldn't it? Be nice and get him in camp. The only true skill player you have. It was crazy, actually. The Islanders don't have one. <laughs> you don't have one Russian forward, and you've got one. One European forward from Sweden um, and, and Holstrom. Like, wow. That's, like, not by accident, George. Like, that's by design that they basically built this team by, they think, you know, sort of grit. And let's get some tough Canadian kids, a couple of French kids from Quebec to try to score. <laughs> and, and the best American guys we can find, essentially. But that's not, like... I, I didn't mean, like, I, I fell on this by accident, but it's kind of crazy, actually. In the modern NHL, you don't you have one European forward. That's not by accident. Yeah, I didn't know that either until you just brought it up, and now I'm looking at the Islanders. I'm actually looking at the Islanders <laughs> roster. I'm like, yeah, he's right. You know, you look at it up and down here. Uh, there's no uh, European know, you've got a here, fin. Really. You got a fin, but no one's good. All right, you know, you got uh, Komarov yeah. is from uh, Estonia. Yeah, but he uh, may not whatever. even be a regular. They want to get exactly. rid of him. You got Holmstrom, Wallstrom. They they aren't necessarily on the team. Tomoshov, who I think is uh, probably Russian. Dimitro Tomoshov. That sounds like Russian to me, but he's not on the team yet. Maybe he wins that third line job with uh, opposite Jean Gabriel Pajot, but that's far from a definite. I mean, I, as an Islander fan, I don't know if this is because of the Garth Snow regime. Remember, Lemarell's only been there for two years. Has he had enough time to turn it over yet? I don't know if that's his philosophy as well. Timoshov is a Lamorello guy. He had him in Toronto. They went to Detroit. Then Lamorello acquired him again this offseason. Well, hockey starts in uh, 10 days. Uh, hockey's coming in 10 days right now. So, so uh, George, I, talk, I asked Paul Bovey about this earlier. Listen, you're a Cowboy fan. You know, what, did you get screwed for that fumble? I don't know. You know it seemed to me it was a fumble. And, you know, basically, he fumbled the ball, and Dallas came out of the scrum with the ball. And then they, they have some, a couple of still shots of his ass sitting on top of the ball. And then there's another one where he's on his back, and they're like, oh, that's where he had possession of it. Yet, no, he fumbled the ball, then was fighting for the ball, and it came out again. I don't know. 
I'm not a Cowboy fan. I did have money on him. I thought it was somewhat of a screw job, but it's not as if though you guys would have screwed it up after anyways. It wasn't like the Dalt was going to score. McCarthy's an idiot for not going for two because you would have just needed a field goal after. The whole division could go to hell, actually. And now Joe Judge is crying. <laughs> Joe Judge is crying about how the integrity of the game and stuff. It's like, bro, you're lucky you beat the Cowboys and you're a six-win team. You got nothing to cry about. What's your take on it? Well, the bottom line is that, right? Giants, Cowboys, Eagles, none of them have anything to cry about. I mean, if the Cowboys would have won, they would have had seven wins, right? So they would have won it with seven wins. Nobody can cry here. All right, take care of your own business earlier on in the season. You don't have to worry about this. Uh, do I think the Cowboys got screwed on the fumble? I do not. I think that one shot they have where he, you mentioned he's on his back and he has the ball, that to me looks like he is down. Now, did someone else have the ball before that and he was touched down? I, who knows? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, well, Lord knows what happens on the bottom of that pile there. Uh, McCarthy, it didn't bother me that he didn't go for a two-point conversion. I don't, I don't like going with two points unless I have to. And at midpoint through a third well, quarter, I wouldn't have done it either. He had point to a third no. quarter. You didn't. I'm taking the point. I'm not going for well, it. I only go for it in the fourth quarter if you have to. They're well, not in challenging. In hindsight, well, George, hindsight. let me just say. You know what I mean? In hindsight, yeah, but in hindsight, you lost by four points. And you lost on the six-yard line. Like, you're telling me, oh, no, he's damn right he should have went for two. Come on. Yeah, maybe I mean, doesn't, after maybe the he doesn't get it. it doesn't, none of this matters anyway. There's so plenty of times you see in a game there that someone goes so for two doesn't make does it. it make? So what difference that, does it make if you're down I, by four or five? I, just, I, I don't like McCarthy, but I'm not going to knock him for that. Not reviewing the fumble, uh, the yeah, the catch by Pettis, and then coming out today and double downing on it is just idiotic to me. It was obviously not a catch. We all knew it wasn't a catch. I think everybody and their mother was waiting for McCarthy to throw the flag. I think the Giants were waiting for him to throw the flag. And he didn't throw it. And then today he comes down, oh, no, no, I'm still not certain it was uh, overturned. Oh. Everybody, in them, everybody tells you it's going to be overturned. You've only challenged – think about this. He's only challenged two calls this season. Is he interested? I really, is he paying? Is he interested in the game? Is he paying attention? Who is telling? I understand it's not the coach that really does the reviews anyway. Someone in the box has to get, get in his ear. Hey, challenge that play. Is he protecting that person? Is that person not paying attention? To only challenge two? I didn't even realize it. To only challenge two calls all season with the referees in this day and age? Are you kidding me? I think that's my biggest issue with McCarthy. Is like, oh, I said, a double downing today. Maybe he's just protecting somebody for, who was screwed up, and that's fine. Protect your people and all that. Hell, he still protects Nolan, who was terrible. But you know that that bothers me much more than a two-point conversion. Yeah, but listen, has McCarthy ever once said after one of these damn games that anything he ever did was wrong? Oh no, no, punting was the right decision. Oh no, no, going forward, not going forward. Like, yeah, you know, the fake punt was the right decision every damn time. And all these coaches. John Gruden was an idiot like 10 times this year. And after every game, he ever always refused. No, you know, Tomlin, I don't regret the play call. I regret the execution. But whatever, if it didn't work, you should regret it. It didn't work. It's like when people lose a bet and say, oh, it was a good play. It wasn't a good play if it lost. Sports Rage Late Night continues. Bring it. Coming at you all day. Every day. With more attitude than other lesser networks would deem appropriate. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. It's not your wife. It's not your kids. It's not your neighbor. And it sure isn't your boss. Only we understand you. We are your friends. You're listening to The Winning Edge. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. How much? $100? $200? <laughs> hey, wait a second. What are you doing? You're not betting. You know he's not supposed to bet. Come on, Jerry. It's a lock. Kramer, you've had this thing under control for almost three years now. Don't start again. But it's a lock. No. Listen, we could argue all night about whether that was a, uh, a fumble or not and or who recovered the ball. I'd just like to settle things and say that it'd be a lot easier if I think the new way of doing things should just be um, whoever comes out of the damn scrum with the ball. Let these guys beat the crap out of each other. I don't trust the refs to do anything properly. And like I said, he fumbled the ball, and then the Cowboys came out with the ball. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, he might have had it for a second down there, but he doesn't now. We do, right? It's you know, but everything, everything's got to be a debate now. Everything's got to be a big deal. Anytime someone gets tackled, oh, we better kick him out of the game. Oh, it's targeting. He's targeting. He used his helmet. You know, it's like it never ends football. It gets it gets pretty annoying. And we'll see this week, George. There'll be a team. Someone's going to get screwed this weekend. Oh, I agree. Right? Uh, what did we hear yesterday? The big thing on Twitter was after the uh, the defensive back on uh, Detroit got penalized uh, for what hitting Kirk Cousins tackling, and they called it uh, you know all oh, roughing yeah. the passer. And the big thing on Twitter was, "Oh my God, that's the worst call ever." No, it's not. It's the worst call you'll see in this game, but there'll be three other calls we'll see today that will be saying the same thing, and there'll be three calls next week where we'll be like, oh, it's the same thing. To win a football game nowadays, you not only have to beat the other team, you have to beat the refs too. They're just they're awful. They're, just, they're terrible. Yeah, it's beyond bad. Listen, I brought this up briefly last week or a couple of weeks ago about the NFL, and the referees are old, right? And that's a problem. And the problem is, so guys, the average age, and yeah, the average age, but all the top guys aren't 51. So the average age of an NFL referee is 51 years old. And quite frankly, they're just not, um, they can't keep up. They can't see. People start to lose their eyesight at 40. Like your eyesight only gets worse. And it's, I'm not insulting anyone here in saying this, but if you're a 66-year-old man, how the hell are you supposed to, a game of inches, how the hell are you supposed to tell this stuff? It's all by instinct. They guess. But my biggest beef is they never, even when they're wrong, they refuse to admit they're wrong. Well, there's not enough evidence what we called on the field. I don't care what you called on the field. What you called on the field is wrong. So, 
you know, you can say, well, it's not enough to overturn it. Well, it's not enough to overturn you being an idiot. You guys are always wrong. And it's like the video replay is a waste of time anyways now because they never want to reverse anything. And the whole problem is you need 10 years of professional experience. You need to be a rep for 10 years before you get in the NFL. So, therefore, everyone's going to end up being old. So, you got a coach, you got a ref in college football, but they don't hire you when you're 20 in college football. And there's not that many leagues to ref in. So, what professional leagues are you talking about? Like the Arena League, the Canadian Football League. So, it's tough for younger guys to even get game experience. In, in hockey and in baseball, there's a million sort of minor leagues and different this and that they can go get experience in. Football guys, there's not that many leagues. So it's hard for a new referee to get experience to get into the NFL. That's one of the reasons actually why they're so old, George. Agreed. And there's, there's other reasons as well here. Uh, what you said is so true. They never admit they're wrong. I mean, even when the uh, the head of the uh, NFL officiating, when he has his little you know thing after the game where he tells you about the oh, why the call, you never hear, oh, no, it was just wrong. He got it wrong. No, they always defend it every time, even though we can all see it on replay. They got it wrong, but they'll defend it to death. I mean, maybe they chastise the guys, uh, you know, behind the scenes and they yell at him. Like I so said, that play yesterday, I don't, know how you, I don't know how you call that roughing the passer. You know, maybe the guy gets yelled at. Maybe he doesn't get a playoff game, whatever it might be. Uh, the old – I understand, you know, back in the day they were always worried about the games being fixed by the, you know, the mob, bookies, whatever. So they wanted the older guys who were set in their lives, who didn't need money. A lot of these guys are CEOs and stuff like that. But they can't follow today's players. Today's players are way too fast. Uh, you're so right about their guess. It is just an educated guess from them refing for years upon years. There should be, I know Mike Blewett's all over this, there should be a chip in the ball so we know the spot is correct, especially in, when you're in a two-minute drill and you got players rushing. They're just totally guessing things. They don't want to slow down the play at all or have to stop the clock to spot the ball. They don't want to do any of this. So it, it's just funny. I mean, Gabe, it's 2021 now, yet we still have a chain gang to mark first downs. We still have this guy who, in the middle of the chain gang who puts the you know, the chain in the middle of the uh, whatever yard line between the two spots. Yeah, I'm sure that's real accurate, by the way. You know, it's, just, it's a joke to me, but <laughs> why the NFL won't change is beyond me. They print money. They certainly have a technology to do this. I don't know. I think they like it this way. They like the controversy, I think. I actually do. I think they like a little bit of debate and the human element, sort of. But it's a good point that you raise. Listen, I've heard people cry about the chain stuff this year more than ever, and I've never really had a problem with it. You know, it's part of football. I like it. You come out with the chain and stuff like that. But I'm not going to deny. I can't deny that. Um, I can't deny that the chain gangs are. There's a million clips this year and videos of of the chain guys. <laughs> Like, they're off by, like, a yard sometimes, and nobody says anything. Like, they, dude, there, were, there was a game two weeks ago. They spotted it, like, a yard and a half ahead. Nobody batted an eyelash. Like, nobody ever said, hey, guys, like, we're off here by a yard and a half, right? And you're right, like, when, you, when they come out, George, and you have an old man referee, he's, like, 69 years old, bending down. He puts the ball down, and he got a, bunch, a couple other bunch of clowns running out with these chains. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, this is, this is real accurate. You guys are, like, really dead center as you run to the middle of the field here, I'm sure, right? Like, I'd like to see, like, a real laser computer and, like, what, it, what they do and what it really is. Like you said, dude, they, you know, what are we going to do with technology? What, do you want to put a chip in the football? 
you, you know, you want to make it like tennis, you put the sidelines active. There are ways to do it, but they don't want to do it. I have no, I can't argue with you. I think you're exactly right. I think everything you said is correct. They don't want to do it. I think they do like the controversy that we're talking about. It gets them in the news. Maybe they just don't want to spend the money. You know, whatever it might be, but I always find it funny. I mean, I always, I always laugh at this. You know, when you got the, uh, you know, third and one, third and two, and you know, the, the running back gets tackled, whatever, and you see the guy, the lines are running from the sidelines. You got these old guys running 20, 30 yards on the sideline, <laughs> and you see them running on an angle. Like, oh yeah, that's real accurate, buddy. You have no idea where you're going. And then they put their one foot down, which is where they want the ball. Then the second line, it's the other foot. And it's like, oh, you, you, have, you guys have no clue. You just have no clue. And there's no oh, way they can tell anyone in a scrum. It, right? It, it's, 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 it's complete guess in a scrum. You'll see all the time, too, with a spot. One ref will spot it a yard weird. Another guy yes. will do it somewhere else. And then the other guy will overrun. Look at yesterday in the Cowboy game. One of the refs came out of there, Cowboy ball. Remember? Like, the Cowboys yeah. were told they have the ball. Like, that's why they went nuts. Because they were told, boom, the play happened. Boom. Guy with the Cowboys pops up with it. One of the referees points Cowboys ball. And another referee comes in and points right at the same time. The other guy points the other way. And it's like, all right, so what happens here? But the thing is, at least in baseball, you'll see it. Listen, the baseball guys are stooges too. But at least in baseball, or I'd say basketball isn't bad either with this. They'll actually call each other out. Like basketball, all right, the ref says the ball went off of a guy on the Raptors. Two other refs will come up and they'll say, listen, Tim, like, it didn't. All right? We saw a different angle. It didn't. And he'll actually listen. It seems like the football guys, they're like the mob. They just stick together. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. We're like, listen, Jim, you screwed up, but don't worry about it. We're not going back on this. We're going to bite the bullet on this. And they, 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 like, they never, like, come look, look at the Saints and the Rams, dude, in the, in the, in the conference championship game a couple of years ago. How did not one of the other seven referees come up and say to the other guy, listen, like, that's not pass interference, bro. Like, just say, listen, I don't know what angle you saw, but that's not pass interference, and I don't want to be part of this crew that gets remembered for this, right? But they don't do that in the NFL. I agree with you. They don't generally. Or they, are they afraid to overturn? Why are they afraid to overturn calls? Isn't that the idea is to get the call right? I like it when you see it in baseball, the umpires get together. You know, they get the call right on a home run, a double down the line, whatever it is, a trap ball in the outfield. Like in hockey, when the uh, refs every now and then might over, uh, overturn a call. The idea is to get the call right. You shouldn't be afraid. If I'm a if I'm a ref, an umpire in a professional game, it's on TV, though. Millions of people are seeing it. As you just said, I don't want to be no, I don't want to be Don Denkinger, who got the call wrong at first base. I don't want to be the guy, I forget the name of the umpire, who screwed up the perfect game for Galarraga uh, in Detroit. I don't want to be that guy. You know, I just, I just don't want to be that guy. I want to get the call right. But you're in football, it does seem to be different where they just don't want to overturn. They look, they look for any reason not to overturn a call. Yeah, but that's the problem with football, that it's their refereeing is incompetence. Like, basically, like the NBA, they're not incompetent, the referees. They're, it's by design, right? They, give, they screw over certain teams. They like star players in the NBA. And everyone knows there's a, there's a system to it. Um, I, hockey refs are the best. They don't get the credit for it, but NHL referees are generally the best. And you want to talk about like being active, like you, you, if you're an NHL referee, guys, they actually make you do a physical test every year. Like you've got to like skate to a certain speed, frontwards, backwards. They make you do eye tests and stuff. 
Like, you can't be an old man in the NHL. Like, they'll run your ass out. They'll give you an executive job, but, like, you're not going to be on the ice. The NFL doesn't do that, bro. You're just an old guy and you're in, and they don't mess with you after that. Yeah, like I said, I think of the NFL, if you're there, they, they're comfortable with you. They don't want to get rid of you. They have had a big overturn in refs lately, but those guys have retired. They haven't been forced out at all. Uh, I think listen, the I think the officiating in the NFL is really bad. It's horrible. I think it oh, happened for a long time. Worst. We've been crying about this Out of for all a long the pro time. sports. Out of all the pro sports, agree. it's the worst. Like, baseball, baseball umpires aren't bad. They're just arrogant. So, baseball guys are arrogant, and they'll fight with the players and stuff like that. And they'll screw over pitchers. The pro, and I've said this about baseball. The biggest problem is, too, it's stupid that they have a different home home plate umpire all the time. If you're a home plate umpire, be a home plate umpire. Every damn day is different. Oh, this ump has a smaller strike zone than the last guy and the other guy. It's like, dude, I'm tired of your crap. Just get a consistent strike zone. Bring it. What is the winning edge? It's sports news you can use. And you can only get it right here. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. If sports talk stations were cars, we'd be the one that you drove the wheels off of in high school, cruising for chicks and going to the game on Friday nights, then forgetting where you parked it till Saturday morning and you had to get your buddy to drive you around looking for it. I think I see it, man. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Go on, you stupid horse! I got my last ten bucks on you! No! Don't look at me! Run! No, don't come over here. Uh, oh, boy. Late night anger management class. 12,692. 12,692. What number is that? That's the amount of points that were scored this year in the National Football League. It's the most in NFL history. This is why when everybody throws for 300 yards and people go crazy about players, and, oh, look, he's the first, first rookie to throw for 400, 300 yards in four straight. It's like, whatever, dude. Everybody throws for, like, it's hard not to throw for 300 yards in today's uh, NFL. But, yeah, 12,692 points uh, were scored uh, this year. The most, the most in NFL history. So, George, NFL football uh, this weekend. Uh, what are you looking at? Uh, what are your best bets uh, out of the six games? I like the Saturday games much more than the uh, the Sunday games. The Sunday slate is a little tougher here. Uh, assuming the weather will be fine, and the, all these places outside of New Orleans could have weather. Buffalo, obviously, we could have some issues. Seattle, it rains. Washington, uh, Saturday night. I'm sure Washington's praying for bad weather to slow down Brady. But assuming uh, decent weather here, I love the Bills. I said, if the Bills were playing the Chiefs this weekend, I think I might go Bills. They're they're playing about as better, about as good as they can play. And the Chiefs have been sleepwalking for months now, so I think they just wipe out the uh, the Colts here. I mean, is anybody really afraid of Philip Rivers? Anybody? Uh, I like the Bills uh, in this game uh, quite a bit here. I'm probably going to play them along with a parlay with Tampa in the night game as well. I mean, was anybody impressed with Alex Smith last night? They looked terrible. I mean, if not for Philadelphia, pretty much saying, ah, Whoa. go ahead, you win. You take it, we don't, don't want know. it. I like, uh, I, there's no way. That offense is terrible. It's just terrible. It was not impressive last night, though. There's just no way. No, thank you. I'll go with the Buccaneers in that game. And I like a, a lower-scoring game in the Seattle game. I like the Rams to win it. 
You know, I'll, I will wait until we find out about Jared Goff, but it wasn't like the Rams were winning because of Goff anyway. All right, he had a so-so season at best. This team wins on defense. <laughs> And the uh, Hawks, you know, they have they they have uh, their team is playing better. Although Adams may be out, he's got a shoulder problem. Uh, but the offense is not clicking of late, and I think uh, Aaron Donald's going to make life miserable for Russell Wilson. I like a low-scoring game in that game, and I like the Rams. Uh, upset special, upset special uh, with with the Rams going into Seattle. They wanted it. They said they wanted Seattle. Well, now they're getting uh, Seattle. I think they think they match up well with them. They're five and two straight up the last seven times they played, but they did lose twenty to nine a couple of weeks ago. You know, like people, you know, the Buffalo Bills right now. Uh, they've won six straight games, um, each by at least ten points. Their last three games, they've won by twenty-nine points or more. You know, you talk about records and stuff, like the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills, this offense has put up bigger numbers and set more records than those great Bills offenses uh, from yesteryear that were known for great offenses. Like, this Bills offense really is that explosive, but we need to see them do it in the playoffs right now. I think the fact that they blew that big lead last year to Houston was a big, you know, good, good lesson for them, actually. Uh, even last year when it happened, I wasn't happy, but I wasn't all that mad. I knew the Bills were winning the Super Bowl, and I know that it's part of a growing process that you need to you know, learn to lose in the playoffs before you can win. And I think that's good. I think so. You see, the Bills are relentless. Ever since they blew that lead on the Hail Mary, if you notice, George, they don't take the pedal off the metal anymore. No, they're blowing people's doors off. I mean, they're sort of doing the anti-Kansas uh, City. Kansas City's doing just enough to win and move on, where Buffalo's was blowing your doors off yesterday. I mean, come on. They were throwing deep up 20 ball against Miami, a division rival. That was great to Gabriel Davis late. I'm like, wow, that's uh, saying something, huh? The new Bill Belichick, Tom Brady area. here. Uh, I think you're right. I think the loss last year does help them uh, somewhat here. Uh, they won't make the same mistakes again. I think they get a good draw here. Just don't let Jonathan Taylor run wild. I don't think Phillip Rivers is going to be able to do much in the outdoors anyway. Uh, he, can't, he can't do much indoors. The arm strength is just not there anymore. I think Buffalo is uh, well on their way here. I'm looking forward to the, uh, really next week with uh, Buffalo. Assuming Baltimore wins too. Buffalo, Baltimore, Kansas City, whoever plays each other there. Those are my top three in the AFC. And right now, like I said, if I had to pick with home field not really being a home field anymore, you know, there's no fans, at least not many fans in the stands. I would probably pick Buffalo. Well, I can tell you who's going to play who. So let's say Buffalo beats the Colts. Who do you think wins between the Browns and the Steelers? Well, listen, you couldn't be all that impressed with the Browns yesterday, right? I mean, the Steelers were tanking too, and the Browns barely beat them. So I think the week off of Ben definitely helps that arm. Uh, they're still not going to be able to run, run the ball. They can't, they can't run block, but I think they'll be able to throw pretty well here. Uh, Browns losing Vernon. Uh, yes, they didn't help either. He's out with the Achilles tear. He's done for the season. I think the Steelers win. So if the, Steel- so if the Steelers win, it would be the Steelers at the Bills the following week. And then the Chiefs would play the winner of the Ravens and the Titans. But if the Browns beat the Steelers outright, then then the the Bills the the Browns would play the Chiefs, and then the Bills would play the winner of the Ravens and the Titans. Which that's you know, I get it. I have the same concerns about Washington's offense. Can Washington? What's Washington's offense going to do? Can they keep up against Tampa? Yet their defense is elite. And it's only one game. Weather's not really going to be a factor, though, on Saturday night there. So, but it's only one game. 
And, you know, Washington can make enough plays defensively to make things interesting, at least to cover the number, George. I'm not saying Washington wins the game outright, but I'm not ready to lay nine points with the Bucks there. No, uh, that's why I'll, I'll take the money line or, or a teaser. I'm not going to lay that either. The spread also uh, went up for when Cam and I looked at it yesterday. Uh, my problem is this. Even if things go well for you, what are you holding Tampa to? 24? I mean, I, that's the things go well. You can hold them at 24. Yeah, I, I can't see any way Washington scoring more than 17-20 in this game at, at, at the very best. And I, I think things have to go right for them. You need to pressure Brady up the middle. You need to pre- if you're going to try and pressure from the outside, he'll see that coming. He'll get rid of the ball. You need to pressure him up the middle. Don't let him step up to the pocket there. We'll see how it goes. I, you know me. I love that Washington defensive line. I think that line's fantastic. Maybe the best line I've seen since the Eagles of the late 80s, 90s. But uh, I just don't think that's going to be enough. Not with that offense. They're not ready yet. There's a reason why they only won seven games. So the NFC playoff picture is kind of – it's tougher to predict how it's going to play out, I think. Except, listen, the Saints are going to beat the Bears, right? So the Saints will beat the Bears. But then after that, all right, so Tampa, you believe Tampa. Washington can't beat Tampa. But you think the Rams beat Seattle. So if the Rams beat Seattle, then it would be the Rams at Green Bay and Tampa at New Orleans next week. Yeah, a couple of uh, rematches right here. Uh, I think the Rams-Green Bay game, probably not the matchup that Green Bay's dying for, but it's sort of the same thing as Washington and – and Tampa Bay, can, how many points can the Rams score? If, if you hold down Rodgers, you keep him in check, they're going to score 24, minimum. And you're playing in Green Bay. And you're all banged up. I, Goff would certainly be back by then, but I don't think that truly matters here. So I'd certainly have Green Bay winning that game, assuming you're right. And Chicago, Tampa Bay, uh, sorry, New Orleans, Tampa Bay. New Orleans beat him up twice, right? I lost a lot of money on the second game on that Sunday night game on every prop on the, on the planet that I thought. I thought it was going to be a high-scoring game. It wasn't. I don't know. Third time going to be with Char- Char for Tampa Bay? Maybe. They figure things out. I know it looks their offense looks good of late, but they've also played terrible teams of late. <coughs> right? The last, uh, the last three teams they played are a combined record of 16 yeah. and 32. That's also helping why they're uh, doing so well here. Played Atlanta twice. I don't know if they fixed anything. So, as you mentioned, Sunday slate is tough. I'm not going to lie. They're all tough. Every game's tough all the time. But Sunday slate is tough. That Baltimore-Tennessee game's tough. Tennessee have beaten them the last two times they played. Tennessee are a good team, but their defense can't stop anybody right now. They don't get any pressure on the quarterback, um, which is dangerous against Lamar Jackson if he, if he has time. Um, Lamar's never won a playoff game before, though, and now they're laying three and a half points on the road. I like the over of the game. I think it's going to turn into a track meet. Every Tennessee Titan game does. I think there's going to be points put up on the board, but who do you like? Who do you think wins the game? I think it's going to be the, maybe the best game. It's some of the best game of Sunday uh, to me. It's going to be an excellent game to watch. It should be fun. Uh, these two teams played each other last year, and this is sort of the uh, Tennessee, sort of a team that figured out Jackson, right? And Tennessee's problem, uh, you're right about the track meet, but that's generally the teams that can pass the ball, right? And that's not something that Lamar Jackson does well. He's done better of late hitting the passes he needs to play, uh, needs to hit, but he's not throwing the ball 30, 40 times a game. So I wonder if he's going to keep that up here. Tennessee has no secondary whatsoever. But Baltimore can't be thrilled about trying to tackle Derrick Henry 30 times either. So I think it's going to be a really good game. Uh, Cam was calling me a chicken last night because I said this is the one game I'm probably going to watch and not have a uh, bet on the game. Maybe some props, but not on the game itself. He's always doing the bark bark, so I won't. Uh, right. I wouldn't conf- uh, go for it here. I'll call yes, you a he wuss. You, that you, that's what you. That's what you say yeah. to him that he's a chicken. Right, so you're a the game. Yeah, come on, stand up for playoffs. You're, you're taking a pass. No, you know, listen. You know, if you're going to have a couple of props on it, you don't have to pick a side on every game. 
Uh, but, you know, do you want us to get your uh, your skirt uh, for you, too, here, Kurtz? Come on. <laughs> Come on. Give me, uh, give me Baltimore. Playing too well. Yeah, I think Baltimore going to win the game as well. Um, New Orleans, listen, they're laying nine and a half. It's a lot of points. I'm going to take New Orleans in teasers, money line parlays, etc. I don't think the Bears are going to upset them. I'm with you. I can't see how the Bears can do it here. Uh, you know, kudos for them for going back to Trubisky. And kudos to him for not sulking and getting the job done here. But uh, Nagy's terrible. How many more field goals are you going to settle for there, uh, Mr. Nagy? You know, maybe you want to go for a touchdown every now and then. You're not going to beat Rodgers with field goals. You're not going to beat Breeze with field goals. No. Uh, assuming, and I know this is somewhat of an assumption here, that uh, Kamara can play next Sunday, which from everything I'm hearing is he can uh, you can start your conspiracy theories here because if they played, if the NFL scheduled the game on Saturday, he would not have yeah. been able to play. So uh, whatever, maybe it would have been on Sunday. Anyway, we'll see. But I think Kamara will play. I think New Orleans takes care of business pretty easily here. Uh, the Cleveland Browns. I sort of threw the number out there earlier, guys, but um, the Cleveland Browns historically, Pittsburgh have been like the one team that they don't want to play. And, you know, we saw that earlier this year, Pittsburgh beat the crap out of them. We saw this past weekend, Pittsburgh hung around with their backups uh, in the game. Ben Roethlisberger, guys, Ben Roethlisberger and Mike Tomlin are 28-5-1 against the Cleveland Browns, George. That's pretty good. Right? That, that sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> the, bottom, the bottom line is this. In must-win games... Cleveland lost to the Jets. I know they had no receiving core, but you went away from the running game. You lost to the Jets. You made so many mistakes. And then you, you played a Pittsburgh team that had wanted, didn't care about the game. Everyone sat. Mason Rudolph was the starting quarterback, and you beat him by two. And you, they, you needed them to miss a two-point conversion not to send the game to overtime. All right. Uh, I don't, a well-rested Ben, I think, helps here. I mean, I, I'd like Cleveland to win. I can't stand Roethlisberger. I like Tomlin a lot, but I can't stand Roethlisberger. I'd like Cleveland to win, but I think the fact that Pittsburgh was able to take yesterday off works tremendously in their favor. I think they're one and done, mind you. I think they'll win this game, uh, then lose next week to whoever they play, whether it be Buffalo or Kansas City. But Pittsburgh, I think, uh, will win Sunday. Yeah, I think Pittsburgh are going to win as well. All right, so listen, FanDuel – FanDuel have the interesting uh, prop up. I'm always a fan of this, in which uh, name the finalist. So basically, you know, you just pick the, pick who's going to be playing in the Super Bowl, uh, essentially. So I'll ask you right now, George, who is your Super Bowl? Who's who's playing in the Super Bowl? I'm going to go Buffalo for one. Uh, once again, I just think they're playing the best, and I, I I do worry about Kansas City being able to flip that switch. And play up to their par. And, you know, you go player by player. Not like Kansas City's got uh, very many better players other than Kelsey than uh, Buffalo does. I'll go Buffalo and I'll go I'll go Chalk in uh, the NFC, although I think that's tougher. Give me Green Bay. Buffalo, Green Bay. Buffalo and Green Bay, says Kurtz. All right, hang in here, Kurtz. We'll say goodbye to Kurtz on the other side here. And I'll uh, give you my Super Bowl prediction as well. Uh, but it's not very much uh, different than what George Kurtz just said. If you look at these teams, the way everybody's playing right now, the hottest teams in the NFL are the Bills and the Packers right now.
listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network, doing our part to spread the winning edge nationwide. Get on the grid. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Your search is over. You found it. What you've been looking for. The definitive culmination of the state of the art of, of sports, sports talk. talk. This is the winning edge. You're listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network. Three minute warning, level two. I'm Renzi. George Kurtz with us from Sports Grid for another moment or two here. Uh, we're going to get into the national championship game a little bit uh, later on. So, uh, Kurtz says the, uh, the Bills. And the uh, the Green Bay Packers in the Super Bowl. That's twelve to one, Kurtz. Twelve to one at FanDuel right now. I'll take that. Like I said, I think I'm worried about Green Bay mainly because I think the NFC is more wide open. They also lost their left tackle. He's gone. He tore, tore the ACL last week. Uh, I think that's more wide open. The Bills are just playing the best football in the NFL right now. And if if there were fans, a lot of fans in stands, the normal amount of fans, maybe I'd be worried about them going to Kansas City. But I'm not. I can't say, like I said, can they flip that switch, Gabe? I don't know. Yeah, Buffalo Bills and the Green Bay Packers, a very trendy pick uh, right now, two of the hotter teams in the National Football League. For the record, before the year started, I said it would be Kansas City versus Seattle. So I said Kansas City versus Seattle in the Super Bowl, which is actually uh, the fourth choice right now. Kansas City and Green Bay is plus 440. So Kansas City versus Green Bay is plus 440. This, the, um, the, that's the, the preferred matchup. Ooh, Mahomes and, and Rodgers. Kansas City and New Orleans is the second choice at 6-1. to one. Kansas City versus Tampa Bay is the third choice at 9-1. to one. The fourth choice is Kansas City versus Seattle at plus 950. And then Buffalo breaks the ice as the next one. Buffalo versus Green Bay. 12 to 1. Buffalo versus New Orleans, 16 to 1. Baltimore versus Green Bay, 18 to 1. Buffalo versus Tampa Bay, 22 to 1. Buffalo versus Seattle is a 23 to 1. What about a wild card crazy Super Bowl matchup, George? You have one? Well, Baltimore, can anybody figure out how to start, uh, stop Lamar Jackson? Give me Baltimore and a team from the NFC. Okay, Tampa. All right, Tom Brady. Maybe they do go. I please know, but Baltimore, Tampa. Hey, you know what? I actually agree with you as far as Baltimore. Let's say Baltimore versus Seattle, thirty-four to one. Ravens Seahawks Super Bowl, thirty-four to one. George Kurtz, thanks, George. Be good. Sports Rage Late Night continues. You're listening to the home of the winning edge. It's easy to get. Just keep it here. Get on the grid. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Build digital-first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360. 